Hello everyone, and welcome back to the fifth episode of Deconstructing. This month on the podcast, community manager Megan Everett sits down with game designers John Gogol and Shervin Gazazani to talk about how Warframe is made. Also, you should note there are some mild spoilers ahead for the movie Armageddon, but without further ado, sit back and enjoy. Welcome to episode 5 of the Deconstructing Podcast. My name is Megan Everett. I'm the community manager for Warframe, and I have two very special Warframe designers here with me today. I have... My name's uh, my name is John Gogol. I, I've been here at D for a little while now. Uh, I'm a technical designer, and this is... Hey, it's uh, Shervin Gazazani. I've been a technical designer for a little bit shorter than John, <laughs> and yeah, I'm working on Warframe as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so before DE, before working here, what kind of schooling or maybe even jobs that are relevant or not relevant did you guys have? Uh, yeah, so for me, before before here, uh, I went to school at uh, the University of Waterloo. I did engineering there. Before DE, I, I did a bunch of jobs. I used to be a math tutor. I used to be an IT tech technician, and I had a little small gig at IBM as well. Ooh, uh, and then my first gig here at DE was... Uh, I got my start working QA on Dark Sector, nice. so I've been here ever what, since. What was the IBM gig? Uh, it was mostly like a software, more more software engineering kind yeah. of thing. It was more of a testing gig as well, verifying like web software. Like yeah. Some, not 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 as exciting as games at the end of the day, but. Uh, hey now, I it, last night. This is stupid, but I was on Netflix. And I was watching Jeopardy, and they had that Jeopardy show with uh, the Watson, with Watson from IBM. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that could have been you. I mean, there could have been maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that, that was this was like ages and ages ago. I know Watson's yeah. super big now, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's the extent of that. Uh, Do you was my first game gig, and yeah, I've been here ever since. So nice. worked out pretty well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to Carleton University for computer science down in uh, in Ottawa. And then I worked uh, at a variety of places. Actually, IBM as well. I did a co-op there. <laughs> both could have been working both, on yeah, Watson. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Both, both did IBM co-ops, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then after that, I worked at uh, a startup and did that for a while. We were actually at the beginning trying to make mobile games, and then we ended up transitioning to mobile apps. Uh, and then I ended up moving to New York City. And I did my uh, graduate studies at the NYU Game Center. So I actually have like a master's in game design, wow, which is a you, weird. Oh, John's, <laughs> John's throwing like air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. means I think I know stuff, but I really don't. <laughs> he knows a lot. Yeah. I did a couple internships there on some mobile games in New York. And then I moved back to Canada for DE. No, it wasn't that bad of a change. So what does it really mean to be a designer? It's a I feel like it's a broad term. Like you guys work on a lot of things. You might have a small hand in one thing, a large hand in something else. Yeah, it's it's a good question because you know you'll see a lot of a lot of different other studios. You know, designers have a lot of different categories. Like your content designer, your narrative designer, your sound sound is its own thing as well. You could be a sound designer, right? System designer. Systems design, yeah. And then for us, we're we're technical designers, which just means hey, you can write some code as well along the way, right? Is I think. I think the the meaning behind that. Um, so for us, we're doing you know we're always in the code base. We're always scripting. You know we have a, a hard skill associated with it, right? Um, but in terms of being a designer, it's 
it's 90% problem solving, right? It's mm -hmm. just, hey, there's a there's an issue with XYZ system, right? Like, can you help us? So, uh, and, and of course, you know, the, the idea process is also part of it, but uh, from a day-to-day -day perspective, it's always just, you know, how do we help? How do we fix something that's broken, right? Mm -hmm. At least that's, that's my perspective of it. Yeah, the way so. I look at it, like from a day-to-day -day perspective here, is you're kind of like a spiritual producer. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, 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 but like I know that sounds like with, well, it's intentionally like wishy-washy, which sure. is like, okay, like people come and will ask you questions about like a certain feature or thing about the game that like you're known as being responsible for. Mm -hmm. um, so you're like, you're essentially just making sure that this thing you work on or this category of things that you're working on ends up being good or as good as it can be. And that involves curating ideas. And, and on top of that, like uh, John said, you're tech, if you're a technical designer, you're writing code. So you're prototyping, uh, testing out ideas, play testing, doing things like that just to make sure that like the thing you're working on is actually good. Right. Um, there are game designers who don't code, and so those guys have to operate within the engine as well as they can or they'll pull in a programmer to help them like make the thing they need to make and then test it and then give feedback and have a, a slightly longer iteration loop than us but the tech guys just kind of like dive in head first and just yeah. try to make the thing work yeah. I like that you mentioned um, like something that you've been working on to make sure that it works so what's one of the projects that you've been a part of that you're most proud of for Warframe oh, oh for Warframe specifically or here at DE both. I guess both. Just yeah, do yeah, both. Fair. Uh, for for Warframe, for me at least, the the big the big thing that really shifted, at least the way that we thought about the game was uh, was PoE, Plains Eidolon. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we we shifted to that first open world and we started doing, you know, a bounty system, we started trying to do open world missions. We tried to be more dynamic. Uh, it really, you know, it made us think have to have to think uh, uh, laterally in a lot of different situations. And of course, there's inspirations that you can draw from, but it was a big shift for us because especially as a studio, we've always been making sort of linear based games like, you know, whether it was Dark Sector or The Darkness 2 or uh, our Star Trek game or <coughs> things, things that have, we've made before that. But we've always sort of been in that vein, right? We've always been a, a story driven kind of studio making a, an A to, a to, B, mm -hmm. uh, a to B game. And then when as soon as we, we made that shift to PoE, uh, you know, all the open world games that we, we've all been playing along the way, we, we could uh, sort of leverage that and, you know, draw some inspiration. And it was fun. It was fun to think about it a different way, right? In terms of Warframe, that was where I probably had the most most fun thinking about stuff, mm -hmm. I guess. So, Was there a game in specific that you drew inspiration from when we started playing? For personally? Mm -hmm. um, I know everyone here was probably playing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe Shervin, you've got... Uh, I heard Horizon a lot. Like I yeah. wasn't on Poe that much, right, right. so I came on really late to it. But from what I remember seeing, it was yeah a lot of talk about Horizon. Um, later on, people started talking about Breath of the Wild a lot. Yeah, that's true. That I was the that. big one. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto was obviously like they're they're in super early on that stuff too. So, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of projects, then I guess uh, Poe and uh, Venus was an extension, but in the the scope is a, a little a little larger. Was it much different designing Valus and Venus, considering we had already done planes and Cetus? Like, it was, it it was tougher because you know you you pour you pour most of your ideas into the first the first iteration there, and you don't want to repeat yourself too much. You right. kind of want to try new things and and uh, try and use the space differently. Especially it's a different landscape, different weather systems, things like that. How do we tie it all together? You don't want to just be 
you know, jump into POE, do your do your normal missions. Then if you jump into Venus and you're sort of doing the same thing, it does mm-hmm. won't feel too great. So it, you have to keep thinking and coming up with new content, new ideas, and, and making sure it's fun. So it's always going to be tougher as you go on, right? To, right. to build new content, but I mean, that's part of the fun of it too. You mm-hmm. have to just keep thinking. But it probably helped to have like the skeleton kind of of yeah. an open world Ooh. and a, a vendor system essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So it was like we could reuse the bounty system mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, you know, just a few improvements here and there to make it work, but uh, it was good to have the base to work from, like you said, so. Mm-hmm. Shervin, is there a project you've worked on that you're super proud of? Uh, for Warframe, probably the Railjack stuff, like mm. the latest stuff, just because it's like it's cutting edge, air quotes again. Uh, <laughs> everything on that stuff is just like we're taking the best thing we can, the best tech we have, and trying to use it to show off like the coolest version of the game, right? right. So it's it's that stuff's really fresh too, which is which is nice. You get to think. You know, there's a whole new space to sort of explore there, right? Yeah, and whenever you look back on, like, whenever you, (laughs) (laughs) whenever you look back on stuff, you always hate it. At least with me, like with my work. So like, uh, you can see the improvement as you go on. Yeah, but you just you always feel embarrassed when you, especially with code. Like when you Mm. go and look back at your code, you're like, who the hell wrote this? (laughs) That was shit. It was me. So, yeah, the real Jack stuff was a big step. I came on right when Venus was like getting started. Mm -hmm. So I really kind of like dove in on on venus a bit with regards to like the general like going back to what john was saying about like trying to do it differently like Mm -hmm. that's basically where i tried to help out a lot so the global alert system was something that i talked about a lot referencing gta right like Mm -hmm. that was the first thing i noticed and i thought it'd be a good way for giving the control to the player of like how wild they want their their version of warframe to be some guys like fishing other people want to just blow up everything they can (laughs) and i thought that star system was a big thing Mm -hmm. and then obviously i I basically started and finished the conservation system heck yeah you did yeah (laughs) yeah i am i I jokingly call myself animal man so dude i had you as conservation king or king of conservation that 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 also better actually yeah i would go with that i keep always expecting and i was it obviously never happened but i was hoping to wear like a fox hat at, uh, Dude, I have Tenocon. a fox onesie. I could have given it to oh, you. Oh, well, I was not going to go that far. What? <laughs> I don't think, comfort. I think, like, we're, like, very different sizes of people. <laughs> so I don't know if it would, like, fit well. It's um, like a one-size-fit-all. Like one is it? It's really, it's massive. <laughs> it's, so, it's like, baggy on me. Yeah, there's only one way to find I got a so. unicorn <laughs> and a fox. So. Next Tenocon, it's happening. Get yeah, ready. Or you can wear my corn costume. That's in my office. Oh, yeah, I could do that, too. All right, so some of the projects that I know you've worked on because I write the patch notes and I see all, everything that you're doing. <laughs> Stop creeping my stuff. Uh, yeah. If you, Let's just jump right into the yeah. Sir John Goodman. Break out the tea. Uh, yeah. Break, Break out. out the tea. Yeah. So I think I've mentioned this before on many live streams, but I do read everyone's change list when uh, I'm making patch notes. You have to do all the patch notes, so of course you have to read them all. It yeah. makes sense. A lot of work. When yeah. you see how many submissions happen on a day-to-day basis, you're like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, and that's like, like I don't read literally every submission every day because we don't do a mainline every day mm-hmm. but when it is a mainline and i have to go through literally everything yeah. that's ever been submitted from you know from a to XYZ. b yeah. Yeah. respect man respect thank you i i go a bit cross-eyed but it's fine <laughs> but i do get to see some gems in yeah. terms of descriptions oh, because yeah. i appreciate a good description sometimes i'll just literally use whatever you say and put it in my patch notes because i'm a tired human being uh, and sometimes you guys write some funny stuff. John Kogel, you did one 
back in the day for when you're working on Venus. Yep. And I won't say the end of it because it's a spoiler to the movie. How dare I mean, you, by the way. These are pretty old, so you should have watched them. Right it now, doesn't but... mean that everyone has seen it. <laughs> Fair enough. So this is an example of a, a John Gogol change description. He's working on Venus assassinate, and he says, In the movie Armageddon, NASA sent two shuttles to the asteroid on a collision course with Earth in an attempt to save all of humanity. These shuttles, Freedom, and then he puts in brackets something to do with Warframe. It's a function name for one of our API calls, yeah, sure. Perfect. And yeah. Independence, and another function call, I presume. Yeah. Uh, are an example of a time-tested strategy known as always have a backup plan. Try very hard to find a good spot on NAV to spawn the assassinate target and retry as necessary. So you basically use an Armageddon reference. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, that was the closest thing I could think of, right? And the, <laughs> I mean, the true, the true nature of that change is like, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to raycast down from the sky, from the sky, trying to find like a good spot in the world to, to spawn this target for an mm -hmm. assassinate mission. And if it ever fails and you don't get a target, well, now you don't have a mission, right? So you have to try really, really hard in some situations to find one. And all I, what I found, at least when I was do, doing it one way, was, oh, well, sometimes it fails. So just send a second shuttle, right? And make them do <laughs> something else. Just in oh, case. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> now you get it. Because I kept yeah. thinking, I'm like, you're going to nuke it? Like, nah. what? Because they nuke the asteroid, Well, no, right? like the first shuttle doesn't get there. Spoilers, I guess, right? But... <laughs> So you got to send. I have to put a spoiler warning for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's Armageddon spoilers. There's Armageddon spoilers Sorry. in here. So if you didn't watch it on City TV a hundred times already, you probably. <laughs> That's are, such a Canadian reference, it. by it the way. Really I mean, that is probably one of the most Canadian references. If you're watching yeah. this on <laughs> MTV One for our American friends. Sure, American MTV. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's just basically, I mean that's that was the one I I, I probably tried to fix that bug five or six times and that was probably the sixth the sixth check-in that finally worked you were and over then it. Went there. that's that's exactly <laughs> yeah. why that's why that I makes that perfect sense now it, yeah because right? yeah. you're like i'm done with this <laughs> i'm finally done with this i yeah. sent the second shuttle it's okay now guys mm -hmm. uh, now it always succeed. works yeah <laughs> now it always works perfect Finger, fingers crossed yeah 99 yeah. of the time until it, it breaks works. and then we get reports back and you're like sure. all right third shuttle mm -hmm. fourth yeah. shuttle which is ironic because I literally had to fix that this morning again because of what the Glenn changed. So, oh my God, there you go. So <laughs> back, it wasn't Sherman's fault. Through. You were saying it was Sherman's fault. Well, it was Sherman's fault. I had to pre-process so long because there's all, all the animals. animals I had to go through, and I didn't wasn't even trying to look for an animal. So why do I have to pre-process all of them, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a giant world. No, I know. And you got to put animals. <laughs> gotta in put them. Animals that's how it works. It. Yeah, that's fair. Oh. Everybody wants their. Poppers, so yeah, everyone loves those things. So that is super solid that those exist now. I have a wicked design story for you about floofs, by the way, Please. which yeah. I don't think I've ever told anybody. <gasps> the tea, we're spilling tea. So yeah, inside inside baseball on how floof started. Okay. As we were developing conservation as a whole system, we kind of were nice and we started giving a decent amount of syndicate rep for it, which is great. But we kind of realized like there is no reward and so we were trying to figure out like okay like what do we give players for doing this there's not like a giant kind of progression path laid out for conservation um obviously you spend more syndicate points you get more lures you hunt bigger animals for more syndicate points mm -hmm. um and that worked out pretty well as i was thinking about this for my 30th birthday or 31st my girlfriend actually sent money 
for uh, an Arctic fox conservation, mm-hmm. and I didn't. She didn't know I was working on conservation, like, mm-hmm. which is really funny that this mm-hmm. is all serendipitous and it happened this way. But what the conservation did was send me uh, a furry fox, like, like a stuffed animal. A stuffed animal. Yeah. And so as I was trying to figure out what we should do, I was like, we should be giving stuffed animals. Oh, like, and then at the beginning, Steve was like, no, 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 we can't. We don't have the resources. And then sure enough, the next month, that was on Friday. And then on Monday morning, Greg had already made like. Greg just bunch. banged those out. Oh, he He's continues like, oh, I can do this. to. Da, 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 popper. Yeah. All the other bolarola, like just. Instagram. I may be animal man, but he's for sure floof god. Floof man, yeah. <laughs> floof god. <laughs> that's his rapper name to that, this. That's a good rapper name. Little floof. Yeah. Little floof. That's like a sitcom. Yeah. Animal yeah. man yeah. floof god. Yeah. <laughs> so he just started banging them, and it was one of those things where, like, and this happens all in design. I'm sure John's seen this, where like you do something and you're like, oh, without a doubt, like this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like sure, we yeah. need to do this now. It's not even a question anymore. Sometimes things just appear on the screen, and you're like, this is a thousand percent happening. Mm-hmm. We can't not do this. We actually were. This happened a bit in the Tenocon demo too, where we were talking about the uh, real check cannon to shoot players oh out. Oh <laughs> Megan's having nightmares now. Yeah, PTSD yeah. showing up. Oh but the funny thing was that, like, far. as Thank we were talking you. about it in Slack, all of a sudden, like, I think me and Steve at the same time, we were both like, "You should just run through ships." Oh, the Marvel yeah. moment. Yeah, like, it's literally what you said. Like, yeah. there should be a Marvel moment. Yeah, right. And then we were, we both started laughing. We're like, oh my god! Like, of course, yeah. yeah. Like everybody thinks about it, right? Mm-hmm. So. And then sadly, it broke. <laughs> for now. For now. For now is the It will work. You guys did do that demo basically every every day for a month. I want to say. I think we multiple times per day. Yeah, and then yeah. eventually it was like twice a day Ooh. by the by the. No, it got to three. It got to three. Oh, it got yeah. to three close to yeah. Tenocon, right? We would do so. one at like seven or eight yeah. p.m. or something. You I should think... like do like a Tenocon kind of like recap one day with yeah. some of the production people. Just be like, how much work does it take to do this thing? Mm. Let alone like the demo is, itself is like a big deal and yeah. and. Obviously, yeah. like the cool thing is that we don't like fake a lot of the stuff. Right. Yeah, a lot of uh, systems were, were yeah, literally all live, a live right? demo. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> it was all live. All the stuff that we did for this Tenocon was like full real mm-hmm. systems that we, saw, like, we didn't even do. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, we didn't really do much to like force it to do the thing. We just put the pieces in place and it mm-hmm. all just did the thing that we wanted it to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was my, that was actually like one of the things I was really proud of. It was like we did, we 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 didn't do the smoke and mirrors thing. We like right. we did it. Do you remember when? Because I do. When Steve sent kind of the company like the script, like the Tenocon demo script. Do you remember like your first reactions to it? It's insanity. I I, <laughs> I literally yeah. messaged him and I was like, "This is insane. goddamn insane." Yeah. yeah. Like I was like, "There's no way we can do this." That was my, mm. me too. I was like, "That's yeah. not happening." Like yeah. it's cool, but we can't pull that off. Yeah. I was like, That's "This is right. insane." And then this is where like the. And I'm sure you'd notice this, John, like there's like a masochistic sense in you where you're like, oh, this is going to be like, yeah. it's going to be tough to pull off. But like, I'm excited. Now I have like a, a big challenge that we have to try to do. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, when you when you do, when you're really trying to put on a show, like you got you to gotta reach for the moon there, right? And yeah. Yeah. If you don't hit every every mark, that's fine. But mm-hmm. go, go for the top end as, as far as you can. Right. And yeah. that's. That's why at least uh, is exciting about it. It uh, it evolves along the way, right? It's mm-hmm. like as you you you, you want to hit certain beats along the story and you or along the the script that you sort of have for for mm-hmm. a demo like that, and you want it to end on a high note. You want to, you know, everyone's got that nice little story curve where there's a couple lulls here and there, but you always want to kind of 
you want to end on something that's super super cool right it, it was a good moment at the end there right yeah. so were you nervous as a like a tech designer to have to oh, work oh, on absolutely oh my God. <laughs> especially if it's close to the wire it's very difficult because oh you know you can't uh you got to take some risks you have to you know work a little faster you mm -hmm. have to it's harder to test your stuff especially in this demo situation which is why like we would always come to come to your guys demo sessions mm -hmm. right it's like oh there's four people playing here like yeah. i don't have to load up four instances on my machine to mm -hmm. see how it's going to work so it's super useful for us as well and like hey i could sit there and talk to sherbin or some other designers as you guys are playing it's like oh you know why is this happening we did that a lot actually this, you, do you this notice time. this thing broken yeah. in the corner and it's like it's a it, it really helps the the process there and i think that's part of you know what made us what made it successful at least at TennoCon because mm -hmm. we had those people in the room and we had you guys doing the demo basically in front of us every day right mm -hmm. so there was a bunch of times I remember during those practice demos where John and I I remember specifically John and I would sit there and we were trying to understand why something wasn't working yeah so and it was like as you guys were playing it we were like reverse engineering the mm -hmm. decisions you made and I was like oh, okay this is they did this then this and we this should have happened but this didn't and that's yeah. why you're seeing this now mm -hmm. For the demo, I was sitting with another DE employee, and when she minimized, or like it looked like one of the screens the minimized, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it crashed. I thought it crashed. I literally yeah. fell to a knee. I was like, I had to do like a Tim Tebow football thing where I was like, I can't look at this. Like, okay. like I, it's yeah. oh my god. I literally was like, I can't believe it crashed. I thought I was gonna pass out. And then yeah. I went back up, and I was like. Just raising still, my hands, yeah. like, here, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, well, that, I remember that moment because that's when, like, Danielle and I came up on stage mm -hmm. and Rebecca had to, like, move out of the way to let yeah. us sit down. And I think she just, like, smashed her keyboard right. when she sat Was down. Was that what happened? I think yeah. so. Like, she oh. went to pick up her controller or something and, like, hit the keyboard and just minimized she pressed it. pressed start. She just did yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember, because I'm, like, I'm in my zone at that point. Right. Like, I'm yeah. thinking about nothing else but yeah. this demo being a success. Sure. And I just hear Rebecca audibly gasp and I look <gasps> and her screen is just white. And I was like, oh, my God, no. it crashed. No. Yeah, I was like, we're yeah. done. But then I see the little stupid Internet Explorer logo and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see because I was watching it from the big screen. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, it's gone. Oh mm -hmm. wait, like yeah. I've never even like what is happening right now. And yeah. then it came back up, and I was like, oh, she minimized it. I was yeah. like, god <laughs> damn it, like just super discreetly. Yeah. Back up. yeah. So that was a moment. Awesome. All right. Do you guys have like social media? Or anything? I, I'm on Twitter. You're on Twitter. I can tweet. Oh, you can you can just yeah. send me uh, like I'm in the the Warframe Discord. You can just send me a message there if you really want to ask any questions or whatever. But I don't really have any. Uh, True social media, I guess. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. what's your um, username, John? Jay Gogol. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty low key. Pretty How do you tame. spell that? With a with a J and then a G O G U L. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm. You can usually find me on. Uh, it's Gazzy. G A H Z I. But if you want to talk about conservation, hit me up. I'm your man. Animal king. Animal man. Animal man. Animal man. Um, you need a. I think king of con conservation is better. King of conversation. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll, yeah. we'll switch it up. <laughs> I'm, K I'm KOC. KOC. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. get you a little crown. Here. And we'll call you Bruce Willis. <laughs> you call me what? Sorry. Bruce Willis. Bruce no, Willis. You, you got to go Ben Affleck. He's ben like Affleck. no way. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Spoiler alert. Bruce Willis dies. Oh, you got to go Ben I Affleck. I wasn't gonna say that. Dude, he spoiled the whole movie. I know. Now. You I spoiled. Believe. You spoiled the movie earlier on you did yeah. when you said the asteroid blew up i didn't yeah, say that actually, actually i did. didn't know i actually yes, didn't say did. that we're pointing at each other right now but uh, uh, <laughs> i actually didn't say that i'm not going to say what i said you they did. can go back you... and just in case oh, okay yeah. i get it now now you guys because i kept yeah. thinking i'm like you're gonna nuke it like nah. what because they nuke the asteroid no you, you i literally I legitimately said they blew did. up the asteroid
I might have alluded to how <laughs> how they were trying to. How they were trying to. Solve I didn't. I didn't say they blew it up. Because uh, they nuked the asteroid. Oh my. All right. Guess. Guess well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah. yeah. Go. Go watch. Go watch Armageddon. That's my plug, I guess. All right. Thank you for listening to episode five of the Deconstructing Podcast, and thank you to John and Shervin for joining me today. Hopefully, we didn't cause too much stress in your friendship. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I doubt it. Yeah. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah. All right. This has been the fifth episode of Deconstructing. We'd like to give a big thank you to John and Shervin for being on the show this month. And we'd like to thank you for listening. Tune in next month for another episode of Deconstructing.